Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man of Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me as always, we have Dave and Simon. How are we, chaps? Uh, not too bad, thank you. Yes, very well. Possibly the best I've ever been on this podcast. <laughs> C- certainly this season, anyway, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> only downside, you may have secured your manager for next season, Dave. Well, it's, it's a small price to pay. <laughs> uh, and Simon, back with us after Galvatic last week. How was your weekend away? Uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad, thank you. Got a couple of uh, games of golfing and Vida actually won last weekend, so maybe I should go away more often. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure this week's result um, could be quickly forgotten about, I take it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll start on the Friday night game, um, and it's a battle of the happiness between myself and Mr Black. Dave, with his team just romping away with a very comfortable 4-2 win, and it, it didn't even flatter to deceive Newcastle were very good up until, you know, late into the second half, where Leicester kind of had a little bit of resurgence, but me, because Brendan Rodgers has um, choked on his ego once again and could possibly throw away the top four, Dave, after we literally assured him that he had it in the bag last week. Well, I think you'll look at this game and think, well, this is kind of one of the needed to win, given their running, and uh, they're just playing our hands completely. I mean, they play with such a high line. Um I think Johnny Evans getting injured in the warm-up was tremendously helpful for us because without him, they looked like a bit of a shambles back there. You know, Sionchu trying Cruyff turns into Joe Willock was, was, was an ideal way to start the game for us. Um, and then after that, it was just a case of you know Wilson and whoever else running wild, really. Um, there hasn't really been enough coverage of how good we were because if you look at our fourth goal, I think every player on the pitch touched the ball for us. Um, Spread it around and obviously finished with... Almer runs uh, through Walter Wilson, finished at the second attempt, but that was that was very good. It was, um, you know, probably as well as we played under Steve Bruce certainly, um, and as well as we played for a long time. Yeah, I mean, Willett finally got his start that you'd almost been clamouring for the for the past few weeks. You know, making great substitute appearances. Is it true he's out of contract at the end of the year, or are Arsenal are trying to actively basically look for a new home for him? No, I think he's got. It's not out of contract because we're being quoted. Well, the press have been saying we can buy him for something. Like, it seems to go up every time he plays. So I think it was 18, it was 18 million. It's now probably something like 25, depending on who you believe. But um, we aren't going to spend that kind of money, I wouldn't have thought. Well, not under under current ownership. Um, if we had if we had a new ownership, I've no doubt he'd be the first one through the door because he uh, he seems to seems to just love the place. And he, who can blame him? Like he's he scored was it four or five goals now? Um, you know, yeah. we, we haven't really had a consistent goal score from midfield, that kind of numbers for, for a long time. So it's uh, and uh, I say he seems to love the place. So 
be nice if we keep him permanently, but uh, I mean, to be fair, Arsenal need him. <laughs> to be, you know, they, they, they aren't really in, in the position to be uh, passing people around. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the the, the biggest. Like, well, the strangest part of it, or not really the way Arsenal players these days, but yeah, how how he doesn't actually walk into that Arsenal midfield right now, um, given their their form this season is is beyond me. I mean, Simon on on this game, like obviously Evans missing out um, in the in the warm up um, is a is a massive blow, and just the the tinkering that obviously Rogers had to do with the with the team, but they just we we have to praise Newcastle more than that being the let down for Leicester because Newcastle were really well excellent in this game Yeah I mean I didn't actually see the game live um, I, I was out on Friday night with uh, one of the lads who were out with was a Newcastle fan himself who he decided that he wasn't going to check the score he, he said that he'd recorded the game and I think after like 80 minutes one of us checked and saw Newcastle were 4-0 up and from the look on our face he wasn't sure was it 5-0 Newcastle <laughs> or 10-0 Leicester because <laughs> none of us had known what, None of us knew quite how to react to it, but um, I haven't seen like the highlights uh, since. I mean, yeah, you, you you've got to give Newcastle uh, real credit, and it's it's just it's amazing how they were up until sort of maybe late March, early April, they looked like each week it looked like eleven strangers being put onto the pitch, and then the run of form that they've got got themselves into the last few weeks. Um, it's unbelievable, really. But you know, it's, we've kind of said on this pod before, haven't we? That they've got, they've actually got, you know, some half decent players in there. And, but it's, it's only seems for some reason it's only the last few weeks he's actually decided to let them go and actually try and play football. And yeah, I mean, to, I mean, I know you uh, you're not the greatest fan of of Brendan Rodgers, so you may have seen this coming. But hmm. you know, like, you, you couldn't, I. Most people would not have seen Newcastle going forward and up in a game like this, and you've you've got to you just got to tip your hat to them and say fair play. They they really really pulled it off and they were excellent on Friday night. I think it's this is always a problem for us though. Right? We we know we've got this kind of performance within within the players we've got, and it's just so few and far between. You know we've got some some really good players in that team, and uh, it um, you know we were, dark, we were so bad against Arsenal last weekend. Um, in a game where I thought we'd win, given you know Arsenal circumstances, and our own form was pretty good. Um, and you go to Leicester, which obviously we didn't fancy ourselves to win, but the just the team, the setup was was ideal for the way Leicester play and the way we were able to you know play at our strengths. Um, it was nice to win a game without you know coming off saying well thank God for Sam Maximum because you know <laughs> he, was, he was okay, but he um, you know he wasn't the biggest influence on this match for once and. Uh, I think you've got to give credit to the likes of, you know, Dumlet, uh, who obviously scored for the first time in a while, but his return to the team has, has helped. Um, Matt Ritchie, his return at sort of left wing back has made a huge difference, considering he would, you know, he was, he was on the way, way out in January, fell out with Bruce in February. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where he's, he's got himself back on the team, but he's made a massive difference just with his, I don't know if it's his personality, but, you know, he's, he's quite vocal. Um, he's obviously got a good left foot, good delivery as well. Um, and then obviously the big ones are Wilson and St. Maxon returning to, to fitness, but um, somehow or other he's found a way to, to, to get some sort of decent lineup out of out of the squad and uh, fair play. It's um, you know I'm not, I'm not going to turn with Steve Bruce fan overnight because 
one sunny day doesn't make a summer and all that, but uh, on this occasion it all came off, so fair play. Yeah, I mean, he's ultimately he's, he's achieved what really his probably goals were at the start, although obviously Newcastle would have preferred a slightly more comfortable running, but I mean, I think, did Newcastle not go up to 13? We did. Well, um, yeah, it's a drop back down with, with yeah. ourselves, but yeah, so it's going to look very comfortable. We're going to be probably close to double figures. Um, clear of the relegation zone and I'll, I'm just going to point out now although we'll cover it at the end of the season only one person in this podcast predicted Newcastle to get relegated Dave um, I don't know if you've got any words for Mr O'Regan there <laughs> well as I say after <coughs> after that Brighton game I thought we were dead and buried um, and when Sarsis si Villa went 1-0 down to Fulham we, I mean we were in the bottom three for uh, about 10 minutes until you know, Trezeguet scored twice and then dis- disappeared forever Um <laughs> And that's how close it was, you know. I think if, if you know, Fulham hold on to that result, it just changes the the dynamic of everything. Um, but luckily they didn't, and we, we've only looked one way since then. And I don't think Fulham picked up another point, or maybe maybe one here or there. But um, that's you know, like I said at the time, that was really the the kind of sliding doors moment where if they just held it together for 20 minutes there, they, they would have been well, it would have been a very different story, I think. But um, I don't know if any of you saw or heard Steve Bruce's comments today as he was on TalkSport this morning. Uh, yeah, I've seen them, yeah. So this is what annoys us more, about, more than anything else about him, is that he had the perfect opportunity here to say, well, you know what, we've made some mistakes through the season, but we're going to learn from them. Um, we'll see more of what we did on Friday night. Uh, and, you know, let's just draw a line under it and try and move forward. But instead he harps back to, well, you know, we were were really harshly treated because you know people were saying people had the knives out for us. It's like, of course it fucking did. Like we were, <laughs> we were so bad for so long. We went about four months without winning a game. We lost to Sheffield United, and like, no one loses to Sheffield United. Um, and it was just such a. It was him entirely summed up in one interview where it's like you had the perfect opportunity to, to at least try and build some bridges, um, and instead he just came out being the victim as usual. You know, never your fault. It's always someone else's fault. So. Fuck him. Hope he leaves in the summer. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard the interview, but I was just waiting to a little bit of praise on him. Um, but the fact that, one, he spoke to TalkSport, um, and then to make those comments, yeah, fuck him. Um, we never liked him anyway. Um, <laughs> but, no, like, massive three points. I, look, I, I know I hate on Brendan, but this the 4-0 up maybe surprised me. But to lose to Newcastle and to to bottle this top four really isn't a surprise for me. I genuinely think that upper European flirting with Champions League qualification is his ceiling. Um, I'd be curious to see what's next for him. I mean, I know he's not in any danger of getting sacked, but whether I mean, I I always said that I think Spurs might flirt with him for next season. Um, I, I genuinely think it could be an interesting summer, especially if they don't make top four and they don't win the FA Cup. So I've got two questions for you, Ali. Well, let's I suppose as well. You can join in if you want. Um, <laughs> if you're Brendan Rodgers, are you looking at winning the FA Cup or are you looking to finish in the top four? <laughs> if I'm Brendan Rodgers, I'm looking at the FA Cup. Because the trophy is more important than finishing the top four. I don't for for Leicester, like one hundred percent. But if he wants a bigger job, ultimately down the line, I think top four is more important because if he bottles the top four two seasons in a row, and ultimately no matter what you see, they have bottled the top four this season if they if they don't get it. 
last year was like a catastrophe as well. Mm. I don't see any top club, which I think he really ultimately wants. Then look at him because he can't cross the line, which is he's been that's been his biggest downfall, biggest go to at most jobs. Yes, it's a tough one. I think from it's like, that's a really difficult one to call because I think if they were to bottle the top four again, not only would it be difficult for Rodgers to then you know, get himself back into that top tier club in England. But I think Leicester as a club, it, I, I don't think they could have another tilt at a top four next season. I think to bottle it twice, I think would just be such a damaging blow. So I, I think trying to, I think a top four it may be more important than winning a trophy. But I think from the fans' point of view, I, I think they'd rather have the trophy. Well, I was just going to ask that because obviously, like my my upper echelon snobbery comes into play here. So, like as as clubs for like lower down teams, would you rather have the the FA Cup win as a Leicester fan, or would you prefer Champions League next season? Um, I mean, if it was if it was Newcastle in the same situation, I'd want to win the cup. Yeah, I think the only the only thing that may make a slight difference this season to some fans is because the majority won't be able to be at Wembley. Mm. And so you kind of like, for, 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 say for me, as it, if it was Villa, I, if, I, if Villa win the FA Cup, I want to be able to be there. To, like, obviously, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> but, but, like, if I was, I, part of me would, would really, would, would want to be able to be there to witness it, but, I, no, I think, from a fan point of view, I think you'd rather the Cup. I suppose the difference is this season is that the FA Cup's before the end of the season, so at least you, you know they might have the second prize of being able to secure the top four. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, a nice safe net to have. Because imagine if you're in Leicester shoes and you finish fifth, then go and lose the FA Cup final. Oh, like, Christ, yeah. <laughs> have, a, have, a, have a nice summer, lads. <laughs> imagine losing the FA Cup final and then losing out in the top four in the last game of the season as well. <laughs> well, that was my other question: is if, Le- if Leicester are going to bottle this, who's going to take it off them? I, I know I'm, I'm biased, but the only team I feel can get could break into the top four, I believe, is is Liverpool. I think West Ham's chance went last night, which we'll come on to. Um, I think I think I don't have a look I at West Ham's fixtures. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I just, I do feel last night. Well, I think they had to win against Everton. They were pretty poor as well. I mean, obviously, we'll come on to that later on, but. I mean, what they got? They got Brighton, West Brom, and Southampton, and it's a nice, it's a nice finish the season. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think Liverpool's challenge for the top four will be determined on Thursday. Yes, no, I totally agree. I think if you win that, then it's, um... I honestly believe we'll get top four just on confidence and our last fees: Burnley, West Brom, and Palace. West Brom and Crystal Palace yeah. last season at home with fans in the stadium. Yeah, if you yeah, you beat United on. So I'd, I'd put you then in favour. So okay, even a draw puts you above West Ham on goal difference. So. Liverpool finish fourth. Chelsea will win the Champions League. Arsenal, eh, Man United will win the thingy. No, they can Can we? There's a way we still, fourth place still can't get it, isn't there? That's I what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think there is now, is there? I, think. I, thought, I thought there was. I mean, if, if Chelsea won the Champions League and finished fifth, that's, oh, that's what then I, I think fourth would, wouldn't get the Champions League spot. That would just oh, well. be 
Anyway, uh, we'll get back to we'll get back to the <laughs> duty. Um, and the early kickoff on Saturday was um, I'm, I'm, I don't understand Tottenham at all. But um, Leeds three, Spurs one. Um, a very very comfortable, very great performance actually from Leeds. Um, Stuart Dallas, who has been phenomenal this season for Leeds. Uh, Bamford again. Sorry, Simon. <laughs> and Rodrigo, uh, with Son obviously scoring in between. Uh, Dave, I mean, Dave, Spurs just looked awful in this game. And, and this is maybe one of the best performances Leeds have put in. Very, you know, it wasn't just gung-ho Leeds. It was very calculated. Yeah, I mean, Leeds, Leeds played pretty well, I suppose. I mean, Harry Kane had a goal disallowed for... The, the merest of offsides. Um, you know, if that goes in, it's probably a bit of a different game. But I think Tottenham are just a bit of a rudderless ship at the minute. Under, um, I know obviously they have a manager of some sort, but when he's uh, untried, Ryan Mason, like I don't think, I don't think those first players are really too worried about uh, you know if he's going to be there next season or not because he, he just won't be. <laughs> um, I mean, it's Spurs have won this; they've been fifth. Like, yeah. You know, it's just mad that the Saints have just. Given up by you know getting rid of the manager and not really bringing someone else in. I don't think the running's too terrible either. Well, Leicester, I believe. I mean, if you're Daniel Levy, obviously Mourinho leaves, and you've got what was it, six or seven games at the time to, to see out, including a cup final. Yeah. Like, I mean, without you know being stereotypical, would you just say to Harry Redknapp, like, do you want the job for eight games? Yeah. Something like that. Like, Mr. like a man manager who's all right, very tactically not you know very uh, ref- refined, but as a motivator, he's, you yeah. know he's generally done it pretty well over his career. Just somebody other than right, like if you're going to sack Jose, um, and let's be honest, that's been done purely on financial reasons, like no other reason. Because <laughs> if you want any manager to go into a cup final, um, you probably want Jose at the time, um, but. Yeah, another option there, as you say, a, a red nap or or someone that you could trust, you know, just for eight games, not an an unknown thirty-one-year-old. Tell uh, you what, though, I um I watched Red Nap speak night out on Thursday night. Any good? Honestly, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like I, I thought I'd hate it, but you know they had they had Danny Dyer and Jimmy Carr and. Uh, David James was there for some reason, and um, <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, you know, it wasn't bad. And the, the previous week, which I didn't watch, Thierry Henry was the guest, and I was like, "Bloody hell!" Like Sky have gone all out here. So, so what's the the general concept here? What is it? Just it's uh, sitting it, in the couch. Aye, it's, so it's a chat show hosted by well, Jamie Redknapp, and every now and again, like Harry, Harry pipes up with a with a, a story about the past, obviously, and um, <laughs> Tom Davis is there as well, like just you know helping conversation flow. And then they have guests who sit by a bar, which like it's like a nightclub. That's the theme. It's like a you know, Red Maps is the nightclub. And what I don't know, and I don't really want to find out, but they have like a DJ, which was David James this week. Now, is it always someone with the initials DJ, or is that just a coincidence? The uh, I watched the first week, and they had Jody and that Scott DJing, which was oh. horrific. Now, the thing is that he is actually a DJ, though, isn't he? I'm sure I've seen him before doing. Uh, well, I, I, he was on a league of their own DJing before, so I don't know how. How great his credentials are! Well, I want. Well, I think I'm pretty pretty sure these 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 terrible shows are made by the same production company. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think uh, Jolyon's going to get a uh, a guest slot in 
amnesia out in Ibiza anytime soon. But uh, <laughs> who knows? Strange, strange things have happened. Yeah. The thing is, he might actually possibly just because of his name. I think they're struggling if they're if they're joining. That's got the the big sort of signing. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, I was thinking, like, is Julian Lescott that big of a name? Like, yeah, he's, he's still known, at least. Well, I mean, even if a Premier League winner, Julian Lescott, and like, you know, it doesn't doesn't make us think, well, that'll be good. <laughs> I, oh, I, I hate Julian Lescott. <laughs> I remember him from like the the tweet he put out of his car. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember him for that more than actually playing football. <laughs> so did, was he? Uh, he was at Wolves, and he went to Everton. In Man City, and he ended at Sunderland. Did he go to Villa in the middle, or did I make that up? No, yeah, he he was at Villa when he put that tweet out. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, oh, yeah. After, after Liverpool had demolished us six, I think it was six or seven nil, something like that. And, oh yeah, yeah Cole Tudy scored never in that game. Yeah, oh, I, I, oh, don't get me started on joining us. Let's just move. Can we go back to Leeds? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, let's. <laughs> I don't know what more we can say on Leeds. Sorry, let's just go back to Lescott and Villa. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what I like about Leeds is that they're very aesthetically pleasing in that they've you know played 35, they've won 15, they've drawn five, lost 15. They've got a goal difference of zero, which is 4.53 against 53. They are tenth. They couldn't be any more in the middle of the table <laughs> if they tried, and I respect them a huge amount for that. Well done. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> it's just I think the, the the lack of draws is what makes them so good, and it makes them so high up because the amount of points, you know, if you'd add in five more draws there or six more draws, if you want to balance it out, like the amount of points that's dropping from them, you know, it's it's better to win or, win or lose the game than than mm. draw almost when you leads. Um, yeah, I just I just love it. I mean, the only thing I'm I'm quite gutted for is the fact that uh, Simon's going to have to pay Adam. Um, it's the one bet I would have wished you won, Simon. Uh, yeah. What, what's the scores on the doors? You know, Bamford uh, versus Watkins. Bamford's got 15 and Watkins got 13. But what I was banking on Watkins had the game in hands all along. But obviously he's uh, suspended as, as we'll come on to for that game in hand. So there's two goals in it. So it's, That's it's, it's, still, it's still doable. We've, well, we've got Crystal Palace coming up. so. Well, I could, I could finish absolutely anything. Yeah. <laughs> And what I would say about this game, though, like I mean, obviously Leeds were very good. But I think the the turning point was that Harry Kane disallowed goal, which I mean, I I can't see how looking at it, however many times that I've seen it now, I still don't see how you can. I, I don't know where there's any proof that that's offside. And if that is given, Tottenham go two one up. It, it it becomes a very different game then, and. Um, I think I mean that sort of offside is just it's the pit, isn't it? Like I think Gary Lineker was saying, like level isn't isn't level anymore. Like yeah, I mean if that's not level, then what is? Like and I know it's like you're either offside or not, you're pregnant, you're not, and all these other stupid comparisons to make. But like <laughs> it's not it's not improving football, is it? Like no, yeah. no, one's, look, no one's looking at even like Ross. I think in the, in the chat was like, well, that's not offside. But and like think, even <laughs> looking at that, like even some of the most like ridiculously tight ones, they still somehow managed to like draw two lines next to each other. Mm-hmm. Like on that, it, it was literally just one solid line. So it's like, well, hang on, but what, what, what are we meant to be measure, measuring here? Like it's just, I know, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's got to change in the summer. It's absurd. And then they use thicker lines, and if the lines are touching, then it's level. Yeah. 
all I need to do away with this and just look at us like like human beings and go, you know what? It's probably on side there, lads. And that'll be fine. Like, if, I mean, if you imagine like three or four years ago, that goal had been given as, as a goal. They'd looked at the offside and gone, eyes level. And no one would even thought about it. They wouldn't exactly. have got their, wouldn't have got their trackers out and gone, oh well, maybe his, maybe his nostrils offside and all this kind of bollocks. Like, yeah. It's so tight. Like, it's not helping footballers. It's like, it's just, it's just soul sapping. Yeah, 100%. And, I think it would get much more abuse as well had there been fans in the ground. I, I was just about to say, you know, imagine stuff like if they don't change it, something like that happening next season, and then the fans in the ground. Obviously, you know, everyone's got a phone these days, so you'd be, you know, you'd be straight on Twitter looking at it, and then yeah. you, you'd see it, and it would just, uh, it would cause so many problems if if there's not some sort of some sort of change to the rule uh, for next season. I just think uh, I think it should go down to clear and obvious error, shouldn't it? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> just look at it and go. Well, it's not it's not obviously offside, is it? So. <laughs> yeah. Who, who knows what will happen? Um, uh, yeah. But anyway, Spurs leads. We're, we're we're drifting from this. Um, where does Spurs go from here? Is it? Do we sell Harry Kane in the summer and almost rebuild that squad? Uh, I think if they don't finish in the top four, which is not impossible, but pretty unlikely now, um, I think he should go for his own sake. I agree uh, with that. What I will add, just out of curiosity, especially with you saying that, is obviously that was the one thing that, not directed at Shearer, but Shearer and Kane, the big comparison. Do you think there's any benefit to him staying at all, the way Newcastle stayed at? Uh, Shearer stayed at Newcastle, sorry. I think the difference is Shearer had a Premier League under his belt, so I think yeah. he, I think he, I think he knew at the end of the day that even if he didn't win anything with us, he always could say he was a Premier League winner. Yeah. And I think Harry Kane at the minute is going to retire with a golden boot for England, where he scored what four pens. Um, yeah. you know, doesn't detract from it, but I think for someone of his talent and his goal-scoring prowess, I think he probably wants more than that on his CV. I think he'll leave this summer. I think I, well, I think I, he'll push for a move. I don't know if you if you watch match of the day, but you sometimes get a bit of an inkling from the like the commentators were saying like, oh, you know, it might be Kane's last last chance to get a push for his move to the Etihad, which like I always get the impression that they've kind of been told stuff like, yeah. off the off the record and they kind of just drop it in in conversation. Um, I mean, as we said the other week, like, if he goes to Man City, he'll get 150 goals a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, even um, on, on Match of the Day on Saturday night, uh, Ninica was, he sort of pressed Shearer for an answer and said, you know, what would you do if you were him? And, and then Shearer was like, he said, if I was him, I'd, I'd be looking to move this summer. I'd, I'd just, you just get the feeling, it's, it's not just like idle paper talk, no, is it? Like, you, you get the feeling, like you just said there, that sort of people know that something's going to come in this summer. Sure, it's a question. Is it Man City or boss for him then? Because he's going to, he is going to demand a, a massive fee. Um, who who could afford them? A, and who would he want? Because I mean, you can only imagine Chelsea and City financially, and who needs a striker? Mm, I think I don't think he'll go to Chelsea. I don't think he'll move from Tottenham to Chelsea. Yeah. But, I, but I think he can take the pick of the Manchester clubs. Yeah. I think I know Man United don't spend as lavishly as they might do, but I think they've always got the money somewhere, haven't they? It's just whether they can be asked to spend or not. Um, yeah. And they're going about wanting the right player rather than just any old player. 
yet signed Van der Beek, but that's probably a chat for another day. But um, I think with their hunt for a striker, it, with you know Holland, there's a, there's a very small element of risk. Like you know, would he would he match up physically to the Premier League? All this kind of stuff. Like with Kane, there is zero risk. Yeah, <laughs> he he will get 25 goals a season at least, um, mm. pretty much, pretty much with his eyes shut. And in what relying on either, so he can rest as well. Mm. I, was, I think what might maybe maybe lead towards him going to City is obviously Cavani signed a new deal today, didn't he, with United? And I don't know. I don't. I think we've had had Cavani maybe been gone and been leaving at the end of the season. Maybe that might have pushed Manu more to make. I mean, I know Cavani's like getting on a bit, but you don't see. I just don't see them signing. Harry Kane as well with him, and then you've got Rashford and Greenwood and Martial. Like you think someone, else, someone's going to have to give there if they're going to get Kane. Well, I mean, I think if it came down to the, the flog Martial to, to make the money up, because I don't get the impression he's that well liked. Certainly by yeah. United fans. Um, I think he's been there a while now and hasn't really fulfilled his, anywhere near his potential from when they signed him. But um, I think that's kind of the the moving part and all is, is, is Holland because if City mm. want him they wouldn't go and get Kane because you're not going to buy both of them um, I mean they probably could afford it but they, they don't need both of them um, so maybe you know it depends where he ends up but yeah I think he's got to go this summer No I I agree as well for his, for his own career um, we'll move on to the next game um, not that there's going to be much to say because no one really <laughs> Including the teams that we're playing. Uh, <laughs> oh, Crystal Palace too. Um, that's Crystal Palace. More than completed their points total for the season. Be very surprised if they win a game between now and the end of the season. Um, what I will say is, every game I watch that Eze, oh, I am more than impressed with them. So good. Like, I reckon if you played a drinking game where if you if you always drink when Eze has the ball, you'd be hammered like by the end of the game because <laughs> he can he just carries the ball like it doesn't matter where on the pitch that goes loose, he's always there and picks it up and just 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 goes an amazing dribble like you know, it's 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 incredible to watch like he's a, he's a he's a really good player I like him but uh, I'm not sure he'll ever achieve much at Crystal Palace sadly for him. <laughs> I don't think he'll be there long. No, no, I think. Uh, like, especially if he keeps, you know, improving that. At the right, he's sort of jumped up even, you know, he's good in the Championship last season, but he's obviously, you know, he's really stepped up to the Premier League so far, hasn't he? You mean he won't want to stay and play with Christian Benteke for the rest of his career? Babe, don't, don't be dissing my man Benteke. That's four <laughs> goals in his last ten games now. That's I was just reading. It's Benteke's four goals in the last four seasons. It's <laughs> most easy. I just read uh, on the BBC website. Christian Benteke is enjoying his most prolific spell for Palace since the end of the 2016-17 season. So it's finally all coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I watched some of this game, and he, to be honest, he could have had five or six, but he just takes so bloody long to get a shot away. Plus. Sheffield United defend in huge numbers, considering they're relegated. Like, let the handbrake off a bit, lads. Like, <laughs> honestly, like every time Crystal Palace came forward, there was like four defenders throwing themselves to try and block shots and things, which is you know fair play to them, but totally pointless. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they should have been doing that for the last two months. <laughs> uh, maybe they should have been, but uh, I mean, Palace do what they always do: win one in five, pretty much, and just just find find a way to stay up yeah. for them. It's. Uh, it's dull in many ways. I think 
when you got Eze and Zaha and you know they've got a handful of other decent players there, they could, they could probably do better if they wanted to. But I don't think Roy wants to do well. He just likes he just likes <laughs> being, being very very average, just keeping himself out of trouble. And that's hundred percent. He just likes floating in and around that you know mid table almost. Just leave me here. I'm fine. Well, that's it, and what he does is, I'm pretty sure, he goes for a nap during the game, and it's a, and distract from this, he gets Ray Luna to shout his face off at everyone who's going past. It's like a, like a guard dog, like he just barks on the whole match, and Roy's just sitting there having a nap, and then they just, he wakes up to bring on Ayu for Benteke, or vice versa, <laughs> and goes back to sleep. Um, on Sheffield United, I... I don't know what this says about them at all, or says about Brian Brewster, their £28 million pound signing, but he, he didn't even get on the park. Well, they bought on a 17-year-old called Jefferson or something. Yep. Um, their team's in judge, no strikers, and uh, Rian Brewster is just sitting there twiddling his thumb on the bench. Uh, I mean, they've really shot themselves in the foot, to be honest, because they should have been building for next season, and instead, obviously, haven't got a manager, because I'm guessing Hackenbottom won't be the manager next season. Um, they're still playing the same old players that got them relegated, so they don't really learn anything new. Mm. Um, it's a bit like Palace; like they signed that Mateta who scored a lovely back heel goal, and it's like, right, well, that's that's enough of you. So you, can, <laughs> so, you so, so you can sit on the bench and watch Roy nap, and he just watches like Benteke bumble around up front for <laughs> incessant numbers of minutes, and it's just like, surely you'll have a look at these players for next season. And Roy's mm. just like, no, not on my watch. Yeah, yeah, the new manager who comes in for me all through that. No, I'm not, not doing his dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, is it is strange, like the Sheffield United situation, what what like how they've allowed sort of their season to peter out. Like not peter out because obviously they're always going down. But you know, what I mean, once they've gone down, and they made the decision to get rid of Wilder, or he made the decision to walk. You you would have thought, like you just sort of said there, that. That have tried to get whoever they want in for next season in place now to to at least have a look at what he's going to be working with rather than you know wait for the season to end. You've got the Euros, you know, pretty much straight after. So getting looking at a new man in place and getting signings made is is always more difficult joining an international tournament. So then, you know, wasted a bit of an opportunity to try and get a, a jump start on next season, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's... I don't know, like, is it a rebuild job? Like, they seem to have kept hold of all the championship players. Like, it's... I don't know. I mean, it's not, is it? It's really... It all depends on the manager, the system that they try and... Well, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing the new manager isn't going to play, like, overlapping, overlapping full-backs or whatever no. it is, centre-halves. I, I, so. I mean, Chris Basham must be looking nervously over his shoulder like he's coming <laughs> through the door. <laughs> I think the only player who's likely to even be looked at is a... What's the, what's the boy's name? It's just back injury. He came back the weekend. Oh, Berger. Oh, Sanderberg, yeah. Um, so he, 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 he looks decent. Well, who knows? There's a point. So, uh, well, the other point, like, standard championship fodder, or they'll find, like, this crazy manager from, like, the Norwegian leagues who will come in and be sacked by Christmas. But <laughs> I, for one, am excited to find out. Well... I, for one, have to speak about them for three more games and I will forget they ever existed. <laughs> so the team time game on Saturday was um, Manchester City 1, Chelsea 2. Chelsea doing the double over City in the last few weeks. Um, I mean, Simon, I'll come to you in the game, but let's first of all talk about that Aguero penalty. Oh, what, what was he saying? I mean, 
he's got a quite a poor penalty record, Aguero. So I, I don't know why he thought that he had the that he was going to you know be successful with that, considering he he rarely scores when he tries to take them normally anyway. So that's uh, just just such a sad thing to say. Like the fact Mendy sort of the, when a goalkeeper can half. Halfway through a dive, get up <laughs> to catch it. You know you've taken a bad penalty. It must be massively satisfying as a goalkeeper to be able to do that, though. Like to save a penalty with one hand, like a basketball player, and just be like, "Yeah, that was easy." Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> years ago, uh, about ten years ago, uh, in during the Sarana days, I was way not beat, and Villa were playing Juventus in a pre-season tournament in the final, and Del Piero tried to do the exact same thing with the penalty, and, and Brad Guzan was in goal for us at the time, and he, he started to dive, and he, he didn't even stop to pick the ball up, he just started walk. the ball was travelling that slowly towards the goal, he dived, got up, walked over, and just kicked the ball away. <laughs> it was so just, oh, poor, poor Aguero, what was he thinking? Well, I mean, it would be funny if it somehow cost them the league. Now, oh. I'm, How fa- good I'm fairly certain it would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that would be up there with his Aguero moments back in 2012. I know. He'd have undone all that hard work. On, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, on the game itself, the only only talking point really was how did Sterling not get given a penalty for being fouled oh. almost three times by Kurt Zuma? <laughs> I, I've, I. Just gobsmacked so that that wasn't even they weren't even told to look at that. Which is another <clears throat> another great chapter in VAR's history, isn't it? Where players yeah are, players are bundled to the floor. And it's like, well, we had one pen, so you can't have another. <laughs> so to give give credit to Chelsea in that second half, I thought they were excellent. Do we think that I think I said this the other week, but do we think Tuchel's actually got Guardiola's number, or he's just got kind of lucky with the team selections and things, or like? Is he, you know, has he figured out how to play against them? Mm, I think this game is a bit of an, anom- anom- uh, an anomaly because Pep just, well, he didn't like Pep, what he normally does in the Champions League, didn't he? He just went, went a bit mental with his <laughs> with his lineup and tactics. Yeah, he had to get um, out of the system before the final. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the their semi-final was pro- I think that would be more the Champions League final. I think would be a lot more like their semi final was than than this league game was. Um, so I think I think Chelsea will having to come back from behind to beat them. They will give them going into that Champions League final. I think they'll have a it, you know obviously they would have had some belief in beating them once already, but to do it twice now and it wasn't not just the fact they beat them, but in that second half especially. Like I don't, I thought they played really, really well, and you know, for Timo Werner not being able to to, uh, to be asked to get back from offside positions on a couple of occasions, it could have been a could have been a more convincing scoreline in the end. Tuchel's done a great job with them. I think the Champions League final will be telling on whether he's got Guardiola's number. If he can win that, um, then yeah, I think he could go along with that. Um, I, but I do think City will just have too much of them on the big stage. It's going to be one of the most successful managerial changes of all time, isn't it? To change, when was it? December? I think so, yeah. Uh, 
No, I think it was no, it was definitely later than that. Oh no, because they played Arsenal just after Christmas, didn't they? And got turned yeah. over, and they played you around a similar time. Yeah, I think it was maybe late January. It was after, wasn't it after Man City beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge? Yes, so I, I think, think so. it was around January time. Yeah, so the change in January, and since then, <laughs> I mean, they're in the FA Cup final and the Champions League final. They've put themselves in the third in the league. Mm. <laughs> Uh, it's, not, it's not bad, like this. It is. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I was um, talking with my mates, the Chelsea fan, over the weekends about it, and it's. I was kind of, I was trying to say, but and I'm not saying this as uh, to try and down down the job that Tuchel's done, or not say that he's not a great manager because I think he's done a very good job. But it's you've got to factor in as well. It's not like he went into a squad full of shit players. No. Like they Chelsea. I think I said in the uh, the group chat the, the couple of days ago, imagine what Chelsea could have done if they'd have had a, a proper manager for the whole season. Like They may not necessarily won the league, but I, I think they'd have given City a heck of a challenge for it because well, there's a very good squad of players there. Yeah, true. Yeah, Harry Redknapp would have done better than what was happening before as well. They just needed a manager. <laughs> like, yeah. They literally played football manager in the summer. They just needed a manager to try and piece it together. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Lampard did well, I thought, previous season, to get them fourth with, uh, well, not a mediocre score by any means, but you know, <laughs> without, without Hazard. And I thought well, losing Hazard had improved them. I really did. Well, I couldn't buy a replacement, could they? But they just, you know... Well, they, they did. They replaced them in the January previous with Pulisic. Oh, well, <laughs> yes, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, I, always, I, I agree with you that I think I think Lampard, the previous season to finish fourth with them, with the squad that he had, so like, which was still a good squad, obviously, because they finished fourth, but I thought that was a decent achievement. I don't think it was anything special, because they, as I said, it was a good squad. But for his, uh, for his first season in charge, it was good. But then they had a lot of money to play with last summer, and the squad that they assembled, whether he wanted all of those players that came in or not, is. It's kind of neither here nor there, really. Once you've got them and they're talented, you should be able to do something with it. And and he, he just didn't, did he? No. <laughs> no, he didn't at all. But <laughs> yeah, fair play to Tuchel. Um, yeah, Man City are still going to win the league by the end of this week at the very latest. Um, they only need one more point, don't they? Um, well, I mean, if Man United don't win against Leicester... And Liverpool, which is a bit of a gauntlet. I was in there playing them both in like you know <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday. But if Man United win both those games, Man City will have to come up to up to Newcastle. And uh, well, I wouldn't say we're still fighting for this title, but they've got to come here and get something. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know. I can't believe I'm saying this one. I love United to win both games in a way, and then <laughs> Newcastle beat City. I just see the nerves. <laughs> I, I almost hate City more than any other team in the Premier League now. Uh, <laughs> they, they are right up there with Chelsea. Uh, so, it would be, be quite interesting, wouldn't it? They lost us and Man United win the next three. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the last game of the season with the title still on the, on the line. That, and that would be full of spice, wouldn't it? 
And to be fair, I mean, not to give too much of a spoiler alert, but I have gone for City to beat Newcastle in this week's betting corner, so there's every chance that Newcastle that does, are going to win that game. That does help. Yeah. <laughs> just, Especially just, when I read out your results from last week. Just picturing that high line with uh, St. Maximum and Wilson running in behind Laporte all day. Imagine that. Right, well, we'll end that game there, but quick prediction on the Champions League final for between these two, since that's the last time they're going to play each other until then. I mean, right now, I'd say Chelsea. Um, they've got all the momentum. Like, the only thing in City's favour is that the, the game's not for another two or three weeks, so who knows? Sorry? Oh, it, it's It all depends on if Pep goes full on. Champions League Pep, doesn't it? <laughs> like, ah, really? That's it. Like when he picks the team, it's like, well, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Phil Foden's at right back. Like, oh, <laughs> God, if, God if, Almighty, if, he's done it again. <laughs> if they, if City set up like they sort of did against Dortmund and PSG, then I would go for City. But if he does something stupid, like he's so prone to, yes, Pep's basically got to fight his natural instincts to be himself for that final. <laughs> I want it to be a draw and no resolution. Uh, I, I can't, I can't handle Chelsea winning just because they're such a horrible club, um, and it's just funny Man City not winning the Champions League, which the whole reason their owners actually bought them for. So I just think it'd be funny to continue. They, they definitely deserve to win it. They play, they've played a great brand of football. I think we'll all agree it's been a joy to watch them at times. Um, but it, there's just something funny about it that they can, they can just never cross that line. Uh, a bit like Arsenal, you know, just yeah. <laughs> never achieving that one thing they set out to do. Um, last game of the Saturday was maybe the most boring game of them all, uh, <laughs> despite coming away 2-0 winners. It was just, we are so bad to watch. This is terrible. I mean, Liverpool too, so I did know. I mean, Dave, <laughs> any positive thoughts on this game? I got a good half an hour's kip in between... Yes. Uh, between <laughs> half time and about seventy minutes when I woke up, I was like, "Oh, that's Mr. Fair Trump with that." But I saw, I saw both goals. Um, I thought, Alison kind of, kind of kept you in it for a little bit. Um, made a couple of decent stops. Some, I think it was some Chadams. Although he did like, you know, gift Chadams a, a chance of just passing the ball to him for no reason. Yep. Um, but it was it was a strange old game. Like considering, you know, you've still got a lot to play for. Um, didn't seem to have that much intensity about it, but you got it done in the end. That's all that matters. Even with the the massive handicap of having um, Nat Phillips, who's all right, and other nice. Williams at centre back, who's not, but <laughs> somehow got away with it. Yeah, um, I have no idea what's going on. Um, Simon Mo Salah and Sadio Mane combined for a goal for the first time this season. I've I've read this stat. I don't know how true this is, but that kind of sums up how bad Liverpool have been this season. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard that stat as well, actually. But, um, well, I mean, they, they've always had a, seems to have had a bit of a rivalry with each other. They don't like to set each other up, do they, really? Um, uh, the game itself, I mean, like you guys said, it wasn't, wasn't anything special or anything to write home about. Liverpool got the job done after, you know, as Dave said, Alisson made a decent save from Che Adams at 0-0. But once she went one enough, to be fair, I don't think there was any way Southampton were coming back. I mean, I was just looking at the uh, 
just looking at the table then after tonight's game, Southampton are seventeenth. Mm. Like they have had such a, such an awful second half to this season. I mean they some something's got to I, I don't know what, and I'm not saying the manager or whatever, but there's something has got to be something's got to change in that club uh, in the summer because you can you can have a, a dodgy end to the season of like a dodgy five, six, seven games. But I mean, I think as, when I was watching match of the day, they said something like that's four wins in the last twenty games now or something like that. Only four wins in the last twenty or. It's something stupid like that, and um, yeah, they're they're just in a real, real free fall at the moment. So they probably will consider themselves a tad fortunate the season's ending in three games. Because had there been another sort of eight or nine to go, you'd be saying they'd be well in the relegation mix. There's always a team who finishes a season badly and it kind of carries on the next season until the manager's either sacked or it's too late. Yeah. Um, obviously it was Sheffield United this season and I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be that level of bad but as you say they're going to have to change something because they're kind of at a risk of just saying well we trust the players we've got but you know, how, mm. long can, how long can you keep going for with, you know, with the record they've got if you remember how poorly they started last season as well like up until Christmas you, you, you know, you'd swear that they were going to be gone by sort of the February of that season and then they turned it round but yeah, this it's just it's really strange because at the start of the season, especially on like sort of this podcast, we were all, you know, we were all, we were all big fans of Southampton, weren't we? And you know, we all said they got to play some really good stuff. They got some really nice players there and a really good manager. But as I say, since sort of December onwards, I don't I don't really understand what's gone on there. I, like, it's hard to put your finger on what's That's happened. It. Uh, so, I mean, they, they topped the table, didn't they? After. Not many games, but maybe eight or nine. I'm sure they were, they were top of the table for a bit. And uh, I mean, is it, is it injuries? I know they've had a few injuries, but I don't seem to think it can be just that. I mean, everyone has injuries, don't they? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Danny Ings, if you or him, uh, if, if Harry Kane leaves Tottenham, I think they could do a lot worse than get Ings for, I think it's in the last year of his contract as well. Um, I think he's your. You go to sign and surely I can't see him being a set up next season. Being honest, mm. yeah, I'd, I'd totally agree. Yeah, I think he's he's bet he's he's too good to be playing at a team that are going to be you know hovering around the lower mid table, and especially like, when you consider the injuries and things he's had. Yeah, I think if you're that good, you want to go and play somewhere while you can because you know, those injuries have probably taken a couple of years of his career. I would think. Um, mm. So yeah, I think if you're him, you want to be going to play some some high level football next season if you can. But um, it's just incredible. You look, there's not really many weaknesses in that Southampton eleven, the full the full eleven. Um, maybe the centre halves aren't as good as we thought they were, but um, you know the rest of the team, the two full backs I like, Romeo Ward Prowse, solid you know solid centre mid, um, Ings, Adams, Walcott, Redmond. Gineppo, Minamino, you know, that's a, it's not, not a bad selection of players. Yeah, it's, it's just a very solid, you know, better than average team, isn't it? As you say, there's not really a weakness. I mean, a couple of, couple of standout positions and, and Ings. Ings' biggest issue is obviously availability. Nothing to do with his ability. It's just, can you keep him on the park for at least three quarters of the season? <coughs> that, 
obviously we'll say what happened to struggle and, and Che Adams did okay at times filling in, but is he even a 10 goal a season in the league striker? Probably not. Whereas Rings, you know, you're probably guaranteed 12 to 15, you know, on a, on a bad season. Yeah, I mean, with Ings, just, just looking at uh, them now, I think Ings, he's got 11 goals this season in uh, 29 appearances. No, that can't be right. Yeah, yeah, 11 goals in 29 appearances, I think. So that's that's not too bad, to be fair. It's a good... I, I thought he'd missed more games than that as well. That's a solid amount of games played as well. That must include, must include cup games, does it? Must yeah, uh, I thought he'd more than that. We've only missed five league games. We've written them off. <laughs> <laughs> Man City should sign him if he's getting. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like I mean, more somehow. I think that that includes cup games as well. Yeah. Um, actually, like me and Dave went into great detail about Southampton. I think last week when we were quite, we're just not quite sure what to do with them. Um, uh, we both like the manager, and I think you were in agreement, Simon, as well. When we spoke of him before. You know, he's instilled in the club now. It it would be a big move for the whole club to try and, you know, get rid of him and bring somebody else in. But something definitely needs to change, especially in the mentality and ethos of the club regardless, um, or they're going to be in danger again next year. And as we've seen with clubs who have fought with relegation, you know, constantly in the Premier League, ultimately it bites them eventually. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. So, um, but as, as we've kind of said, it's, because it's so hard to put your finger on what's gone wrong. It's it's hard to it's hard to actually point out what what they need to do to fix it. It's, it's just really hard what's gone on there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, that was the Saturday fixtures. Um, Sunday, we had Wolves 2, Brighton 1. This was a result I did not see coming at all. Um, I genuinely thought uh, Brighton would have beat Wolves just was just not been that great, but obviously the red card to Lewis Dunk, um, obviously the late red card to, to Mopey as well, probably finishes right in season, Dave. Yeah, I mean they were they were all over Wolves here for however many minutes Lewis Dunk played, and as soon as that needless red card happened, so um, bad. Oh, I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean Wolves. Again, you're kind of getting a bit worried about them. I was just looking at their form there. They've, they've somehow won three of the last five, which seems bizarre when when you seem to talk about them never winning. But um, <laughs> they've uh, somehow pulled some results out recently. But they were they were so bad in this first half. Like Brighton were all over them like a rash. Um, somehow it was only one nil. And like I say, one one moment from Fabio Silva. Where, to be fair, he showed a good turn of pace. But I don't know why Lewis Dunk took him out. I think. It just seems like a bad decision because he's obviously going to miss next week. Obviously, it doesn't matter now, but um, I just think it's a bad idea, bad decision. And this, this whole game kind of sub Brighton up, and that you know played really well, did something stupid, lost. Yeah. So sorry for Graham Potter. I, really... I think that dunk red card is. It's just. It's, it's, it was we're acting on instinct, wasn't it? I was, like if you'd have had a second to think, you think. Like it's the fi- no, we're 50 minutes into the game. Just let him run through because he yeah. might not score. If he does, you know, okay, it's one-one, but there's still over half an hour to play. It's just an instinctive grab out, isn't it? Uh, I guess that's why he plays for Brighton, and he'll never get those bigger moves. Well, he's got England caps, Ali. 
we're not going to get it in this England squad. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I mean, how can you not feel sorry for Graham Potter? Like, he should be a candidate for manager of the year this season. If he was at any relative decent team, like the way he's had Brighton playing, we mentioned it last week, Dave, that it's hard to blame the manager because they're creating chances. They don't concede huge amounts. Like, I'll tell you what, done everything almost perfect. I'll tell you what, like Brighton and have got the same number of points. Imagine if Danny Ings lived at Brighton. Yes. <laughs> Swap well back to Danny Ings and see where the teams are. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's, uh, well, it's kind of like a broken record, isn't it? We've been saying it all season, as is everyone else who's commented on Brighton. They just need a goal scorer. Yeah. Tell you what, if, if I was... If I was either Tottenham or Arsenal, I'd be going for Graham Potter in, in the summer. Yeah, no, I think he's worth a shout at a higher level. I don't know if he can go from Brighton to one of the, well, probably big, <coughs> he a big leap. Yeah. No, no, it's a big, it's a big leap to one of those two clubs, but I think he does need a, but I mean, he, he doesn't need to, but I think it'd be good to see him at a, at a club with a bigger budget. Put it like this it, way, I think if he was at Arsenal, they would be doing better than they are under Arteta. And if Arteta was at Brighton, I don't think Brighton would have stayed up. I'm not far off saying Brighton have got a better team, a better squad than Arsenal's. <laughs> take, well, take the strikers, but like that Arsenal team just—I mean, we'll come mm. on to that obviously later. But the Arsenal team just doesn't excite me. I, I, I'm not sure I would take the Arsenal job. No, but I'll be wrong. To be fair, I was thinking more. I was personally thinking actually more from a Tottenham point of view that if yeah, you, 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 you look at the way Potter has Brighton playing, like we said yeah. all week. And Tottenham fans love to tell you about how great their football is traditionally. If you, you know, manager like that, he's got that philosophy. With if you put him in charge of a good set of players, you yeah. know, I, I think it, I, I think he deserves a much much better job than the one he's got because he's he's done a very very good job with, with that with that uh, Brighton squad. Yeah, I just I, yeah, like I, I agree, and I think that he deserves the the chance. A higher club. I just don't think people will just look at the position Brighton and mm. just not be willing to give them the go. I think. What about uh, What about if Hasenhutl goes to let's say Tottenham? Would Southampton take Potter off Brighton? Um, I think they should. Um, again, if I'm Potter, do do I want to make that move? I suppose are they rivals Southampton and Brighton? Other than both being in the south, I don't know if they're close enough well, to be rivals. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Palace. Possibly. I bet uh, if, if he, it's one of those that if if he was a foreign manager doing the job that he's done at Brighton, Tottenham would probably look at him. Yeah. You think of like Roberto yeah. Martinez going from relegating Wigan to the Everton job. If that's an English manager who'd done what Martinez yeah, did, also he wouldn't have taken. Him. Well, come on. It's, it's true, but I mean, but you, you get the point, though, don't you? That if yeah. a foreign manager who plays good football but finishes lower down gets lauded. If an English manager, you know, with the name on Graham Potter, they're not going to get those top jobs for playing that football. I, I know, I know, you guys disagree, but I, I still think Rogers could be in line for the Spurs job. I, I really do. I don't know why, but I, I really think they might go for Rogers and Potter to Leicester would be a really good. Good option. Mm. Oh, Leicester, yeah, would be a great job for <coughs> Yeah, well, I think, I think the Leicester job is a great job to have because they've got 
all the infrastructure in place. They've got, you know, good young squad. Probably got more money to, to throw at it if they need to. I think they're about to sign Samari from Lille for 30 mil. Right. Um, who's apparently quite a useful sort of holding mid type. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're in a great place, whereas Tottenham aren't. Um, yeah, so uh, the best assets <laughs> probably going to leave. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine Son will be too far behind. Uh, and after that, what have you got left? A lot of money to play with. Well, will you though? Because uh, ah, can, yeah. Well, it depends how how frivolous Livy's feeling, isn't it? Because uh, <laughs> that stadium isn't going to pay for itself. Well, that, that's the thing, though, isn't it? With the, the stadium debt there, it's not just it's not like when they sold Bale. Um, when the mm. money went straight back into the club, this might be a half to the club, half to Levy, um, and then we might release five million for transfers. From what youth, but we'll we'll move on from that game anyway. Actually, no, quickly on Wolves because we were quite. I mean, you mentioned they've won quite a few games today, which we didn't realise because we thought they were terrible. Um, <laughs> but. Because it feels like they have been, but what's next season looking like for Wolves? Is is Nuno still there? Um, and do they continue with her? I know I, I say their quest for Champions League is gone, but in their head, they, you know, they plan to be you know chasing down Europe within what four seasons? Did they say five seasons? Well, Nuno's another one who was he was very heavily linked with the Arsenal job before they went for. Arteta or Emery, one of the two. I can't remember how long ago it was now, but I think even BBC reported that you know Arsenal made an approach from. Um, if I was him, I'd be I'd be keen to get out of Wolves while while the going's still good because, yeah. as, we, as we said last week, like I just feel like they've got a squad of players who <sighs> they, they lack a bit of heart, I think, and they've also got some players who are getting on a bit, and there's this it's quite a big rebuild job there. Uh, and I think he's probably risking his, his sort of reputation there by staying as long as any longer because I think they're going to be saying, oh, you know, Jimenez is back next season, everyone will be back to normal. He's not going to solve the fact that you know they can't defend anymore. He's not going to not going to fix all their issues. Um, I suppose. I mean, Morgan gives White scored the winner here in this game. He's he's a good young player, so maybe we'll see more of him towards the end of the season and try and try and blood some of the younger players, but. Um, it's, it's it's been a very difficult season for them, hasn't it? And I think Nuno looks worn <laughs> worn out by it all, to be quite honest. Um, and I think he's been there a while, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was after a change sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Simon, are you pretty much in in the same boat? Maybe a fresh start for Nuno, and maybe a fresh start for Wolves as well. Just rejuvenate them again. Yeah, I think I've said it a couple of times. It feels like they just need like a real sort of reset almost in the summer like the, the squad just needs completely freshening up and maybe maybe that might just be better done with, with a new guy coming in with, with new ideas wanting to freshen it up and yeah I think if, <coughs> if, if Arsenal were to make a change in, in the summer then I think Nuno would probably be a pretty decent fit for them you know new project for him sort of recharge his battery starting somewhere new there may be a change all around is needed because it is off the back of what they've done over the last couple of years this this has been a really really poor season for Wolves yeah well anyway next up we have the mighty Villa losing 3-1 to Man United Uh, Simon what happened 
Uh, well, Villa, we always lose to Man U. Like, <laughs> if, if we ever beat them at Villa Park again, you, we need to consider it as one of the signs of the apocalypse because <laughs> our record against them is just horrific. I mean, over the years, there's been so many... It's the hope that kills you as a Villa fan. I don't know why at half-time I was excited because I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like first half, to be fair, first sort of five ten minutes, I was really worried because United were all over us without really creating an awful lot. And then we sort of found our way into the game. I actually thought we looked quite decent then for most of that first half. The goal we scored from Troy Oray was such a lovely goal. It's <clears throat> sort of being completely overlooked in all the sort of uh, post-match analysis and, and Sky and on match of the day since because. He had no right to stick it into the top corner from the angle he was at. And so we go in one nil up at half time, and stupidly, my hopes are up, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe, maybe today's finally the day we beat them at Villa Park. And then just five moments of madness at the start of the second half. I mean, Douglas Louise, the reverse fixture at Old Trafford. I know you and me, Ali, disagreed over the penalty we gave away that day, but it was Louise on Pogba. I didn't think that one was a penalty back then, but the one <coughs> a bit apart yesterday, such a needless, stupid challenge for Louise to have made on Pogba. Right? I mean, he, he'd sort of he'd done the hard work of getting himself back into a, a decent defensive position. He had one little nibble at him and Pogba didn't go down, and then he had another one, and you know I mean, it was, it was just completely reckless. There was absolutely no need to have done it. So they get <coughs> back in at 1-1, and then obviously... Few minutes later, we just our heads went completely. Mings tried to nip in ahead of Greenwood and got turned too easily. Martinez has done at his near post, and you're thinking, right, that's that's pretty much game over. Which you know that's how it turned out to be. But now I've said on a number of occasions, Man U are a bit right, they're a better team than Villa. They're more than capable of beating us on their own. They do not need fucking stupid, dodgy refereeing decisions. Time and time again when we play Manu, they always get some sort of ridiculous decision going their way. And they had definitely won, if not two, in that game. Like, for me, Mason Greenwood's handball should be given as a penalty. Like, his arm is above his head. He's jumping and his arm is above his head. Like, well above his head. So how you can say that his arm is in a natural position. And the fact that that wasn't even gone to be looked at. They didn't even tell the ref to have a look at it. If that, there's no way of proving this, but if that's at the other end, 100% of the penalties given for me. And then, as we, we sort of huffed and puffed in the second half, didn't really threaten them. Uh, Cavani, lovely bit of movement for his third goal, which completely killed the game. And then it gets on, you know, after that, the game's gone. But, we go, Ollie Watkins gets put through. Now, I'm, right, I'm going to put my hand, he went down very easily. But that is just, that's modern football now. Like strikers, if they get nicked in the box, slight bit of contact, they will go down. He's running at full pelt. Henderson is coming flying out. So in Watkins' mind, he's preparing himself to get clattered. So Henderson does try to pull his leg away, but he catches him. Like, he catches Watkins on the knee. So how on earth the referee can book him for diving, leading him to be sent off? 
when the replays show clearly that he was caught on the knee with Henderson's foot. Again, I'm convinced if that's Rashford or Martinez at the other end, a penalty is given. There's no way Rashford would get sent off for that. And it's just so frustrating that it it just seems every time you play Man United, every single little thing goes their way. Like, It's so, so annoying. I absolutely hate Man U with such a passion. (laughs) I fucking hate them so much. Rant over, sorry. (laughs) Honestly, you really feel so bad. (laughs) I mean, Dave, I mean, much more to add to that. And I mean, your thoughts on the the sending off? Uh, Well, firstly, I agree with Sarah that the Greenwood handball should have been a pen. Some of the ones we've seen given this season. um, I was really surprised this one wasn't. Uh, all of a sudden, they seem to have changed the amount of handball, being like, well, if the ref hasn't given it on the field, it doesn't seem clear and obvious to change it over for me. It only seems to have happened in the last few weeks. Like, I feel like everything before that was a pen. Like, we saw one tonight, I don't know if you watched tonight's game, where the goalkeeper handles the ball about 30 yards outside the box and decides it wasn't just denying obvious goal scoring opportunity, which is just bullshit. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the second yellow for a dive, I mean, to me, probably. Probably is a dive, but I don't know. Like every time, I don't. I think there's probably something in between being foul and a dive. Like not just because he's gone down doesn't mean it's a dive. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, well, because to be fair, the one thing with that is Watkins wasn't appealing for foul. Some of the other Villa players were, but so if I think it was one that I think he was expecting to get leathered, so I sort of prepared himself for it. He has been caught, probably not enough to send him over, but I don't I'm with you, I, I don't think he's he's gone over trying to claim a foul. I think it's just one of those that like, sometimes there's contacts and you can go over, but it's not a foul, but it's not a dive. Yeah. But as you say, like the ref couldn't quick enough give the second yellow, could he? Like, he'd, uh, <laughs> I think he already had his mind made up on that one, but it, as you say, for all VRs come in. I still feel like my neck at the rub of the green a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. There's as I said, there's there's no way, there's absolutely no way in my mind that, that Marcus Rashford gets a second yellow and be sent off for the exact same incident at the other end. It just wouldn't happen. Uh, there's no need no need to back your case here, mate. I've got your back. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he dived, I I had your back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. fucked up my bet. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe the refs got Bamford on as well. Maybe that's that's what you've gone wrong. He's yeah. friends with Adam. I was going to say, didn't you say Adam's uh, the qualified ref? Adam, all, yeah, all did, bloody yeah. makes sense now. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, as a we we never ever beat Man United. I, I honestly think there's there's no point in us bothering to play those games next year. Just. Just give United six points. Give you, We can even pretend Fernandez scored a couple of penalties if you want to make it a bit more realistic. <laughs> just don't bother playing those games because I don't, I don't want to have to sit through it. It's just... It's just oh, God. I, see, I, fi- I find it more annoying now than they're not that good. Like When they were very good and they beat us every week, I was like, well, I kind of can take us on the chin. But now I look at them and think, these guys are shit. Like, how, how do they pull this out of the bag every week? Do you know, that, that is the other thing. Like, it... Again, it, it was it was a typical Manu performance this season. Manu didn't play well yesterday. We we gifted them two goals to put them in the league through our own stupidity, and that's 
that's what's lost his game. United, other than the goals, those two that we gave them, and then obviously the, Cavani at the end, to be fair, was a lovely movement for him and a nice finish. But they created nothing in that game. Not that we did either. It was two shit teams playing. <laughs> like 3-1, it just it really flattered them, I thought. But that's that, how many times have we sort of said that, as you say, about them this season? They're, they're not that good, but somehow they're seconds. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, still, I, I don't understand how they're second. <laughs> the, 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 they've only lost four games. Yeah. And didn't they lose their first two as well? Uh, oh, no, I mean, they lost to Palace. That was their first game. Tot- they lost to Tottenham as well very early on, didn't they? Oh, they yeah. did, yeah. yeah. That was oh, the same well. day we lost. Yeah, they, they lost, I feel they lost, maybe not two in a row, but I feel they dropped points like in the first five games. They were like seven points behind the top of the table already. Yeah, and then since... I'd honestly, I can't point out a game where and say, oh, Man United have been outstanding in that game. I can point out loads <laughs> of games where they've been battered the whole game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're unbeaten away from home all season. Like, that's phenomenal. Yeah, 25 wins, including, like, Cups as well. They've not lost away from home. Well, they lost, a, they lost a Roma on Thursday. That must have been the first one. I maybe read it before that, but yeah, it was 20, 25 away wins in a row. And it's to be fair, that, that Roma game, when, when you've got a 6-2 lead from, from the first leg, I, I don't think you can really count that but, as a proper loss. Can well, <laughs> you can't, but the other thing that knows about Solskjaer is, is I mean, it, it is, it's rough having to play as many games as they have to play this week. But why did he play Fernandez for like 86 minutes against Roma when he's 6-2 <laughs> up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, if, there, if there's ever a chance to rest a player, surely that was it. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially... not rest a player who only takes penalties? Well... Just bring him on, like a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, not, not only did they have the 6-2 leads so they could have rested players in that game, but they were playing at Villa Park where they always win, so they could have put their under 10s out and they just still bloody won <laughs> yesterday. Like, they always, well. always win at Villa Park. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, enough of praising Man United. No, I was going to say, was that praise? <laughs> I'm not talking about my United, like, they're second in the league. What's up? Hopefully, I want, no, I don't know, I can't say they beat Liverpool. Yeah, bugger them, see them on Thursday, hopefully they have a horrid week, um, and City win the league by about 15 points now. Um, next up, we're West Ham Everton. West Ham really bottled it again when it came to the game that mattered, Dave. It did. Every time he gets to this situation. That was so bang average. Like Everton played three centre backs, and that kind of nullified West Ham's tactic of crossing in the box over and over and over again. Um, other than Kuval hitting the post, I don't even remember Pickford making a save. To be honest, I think Everton kind of had them at arm's length. Um, possibly should have scored the second themselves when King hit the post from about half a yard. Yeah. Um, Everton just continued to bemuse. I mean, if they win, if they win against uh, size lads on Wednesday, is it? Thursday. Thursday, then they'll go on to 58 level with West Ham. <laughs> How has that happened? Making a real push for for Europa after us slagging Everton off last week as well. <laughs> it just felt like they, they well, didn't. I mean, as we always say, like they've lost some ridiculous home games mm-hmm. against the bottom four or five. They should be. In, they should be. Clear in third, really. If you, if you win those those games, you expect them to win. Um, but you know they didn't, so they eighth, and that's just the way it goes. But um, it's a real season lost opportunity for them. 
which they might yet salvage, but you know. Yeah, I mean Simon Calvert Lewin took his goal very well. Nice, nice field ball from Ben Godfrey. Just a very mature finish from Calvert Lewin. Yeah, he's uh, he's had an excellent season, hasn't he? Um, he? Which, to be honest, I didn't really see coming. <laughs> I mean, I know last season when Ancelotti first came in, I think he did quite well. But then he went, if I remember right, he didn't, didn't he go quite a while without scoring? I'm sure he didn't score after lockdown. You yeah. Know, I'm sure he maybe got one or something, but he didn't get many. And I remember thinking, nah, it was just a flash in the pan, he's done. But... I mean, yeah, this season has been absolutely brilliant. Like a, a real, um, a real sort of like poacher. Isn't it? Obviously, he's, he's been great in the air, but the goals that he hasn't scored with his head, the majority of them have been in and around that sort of six-yard box, isn't it? It's like a, it's almost like a, a sort of a throwback to like a striker that you'd see sort of in in the nineties, really, isn't it? That like he's he's become very much. He has. He doesn't. I think when he first came in as a young seed. He'd always be sort of going down the channels and sort of making blind runs sometimes or chasing lost causes. Whereas he, they seem to have, Ancelotti and I, I think Duncan Ferguson, I think, has been a big help to him. And they've gotten very much focused. You know, you stay, just stay within the width of the 18-yard uh, box. Link up play when you can, but as soon as the ball goes wide, get yourself in that box and... He's uh, no, he's had a fantastic season. He's really impressed me. Well, I remember seeing him for the under twenty ones, and he played on the left. Like that's how he kind of started in the Premier League. He was playing as like a sort of left forward, um, and I think Angelotti compared him to to Izzaghi recently, where he was just like you know I want him to play in and around the eighteen yard box and nowhere else, um, which seems to suit him. But it's kind of I think Everton have flipped around between playing you know. Him and Richarlison, or one of them off Richarlison wide, or playing split strikers, and all these other systems they've tried to try to do, which hasn't really helped. But um, certainly at home, anyway. But they've always been quite solid away from home throughout the season. Um, this was just another one where they were tactically spot on, as you'd expect from Ancelotti. Um, big win for them, and who knows? I mean, they've put themselves right in the mix, haven't they, for the top top seven? Yeah, I, I quite fancy them. Again, the Ancelotti factor is massive when managers are around them. I mean, some stupid results, granted, but I do fancy them to get the Europa League for some reason, like finish that 6th or 7th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 7th. How does the Ancelotti factor balance against the United Everton factor of Everton? <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's like a, a movable object and stop or force, isn't it? But, yeah, would, would anyone... Oh, well, maybe after my rant on that last game, but would you be surprised if, if Everton lost to Villa on Thursday? Wouldn't that just be an incredibly Everton thing to do? No, after a win like this? to win a game. <laughs> Grealish is still out injured, I believe. I think he's on the way back, isn't he? Who knows? He's been on the way back for weeks. And <laughs> he, <laughs> Simon he, said that in December. <laughs> no, he, he, is, he is back in training. I don't know if he'll play against Everton on Thursday but I think if not then he's expected to be back for Crystal Palace on Sunday so he may may make an appearance but looking at Everton's fixtures actually they've got got to handpick them Christ it wouldn't be be far off this would it yeah you say that but I think you know the way their home form is they'll probably beat us on Thursday and then somehow manage to lose to Sheffield United at home (laughs) they'll have fans at that game the no, they won't. The, the day before, 
So they've got they've got fans of the home game with Wolves on the Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, even, right. even even the last game's away to Man City, and I imagine Man City will have one eye on the following weekend. Yeah, because um, they'll have the league sewn up by then, I think. But you'd assume so. Yeah, I suppose they're not they're not bad fixtures for Everton, but I just there's there's something about Everton just hmm. just being Everton that makes me think that they're going to miss out on the top seven spot. No, you wouldn't rely on that, would you? I just I don't know. I just I feel West Ham may crumble that they've got this far. Um, but their fixtures are so nice. I know, but I mean they've got Brighton away. Brighton away. Brighton won't have Dunk or, or Mopey, which would be less of a loss. But no, no Dunk. I think probably does affect them quite badly. Yeah. Uh, because Antonio will ragdoll whoever he's up against. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> that, that could be brutal. Um, then they go to West Brom. Um, now I know Big Sam hates the Dildo Twins and <laughs> and, and, and Brady. So I mean he probably tries hardest there, but. And then they finish with Southampton, which God, I don't know. <laughs> they're, okay, they're, they're three really nice games, actually. <laughs> um, well, we'll move on from from that game and the last game of the day, which sealed our next relegation place. Arsenal beating West Brom three one, I think, in the end, um, and secured Sam Allardyce's first ever relegation from the Premier League day. How Good. set were you? <laughs> um, big Sam getting relegated. I was delighted. It just goes, <laughs> just goes to show that no matter how big the turd, it will flush eventually. Do you think, just briefly on Sam, although his comments were quite admirable that it shouldn't be about him because obviously he didn't want anybody to know that it was his first relegation, but do you <laughs> think this might end the the aura around? You know, sacking your manager and bringing Sam in because he's like. I think he's running out of clubs to manage. Like, yeah, I think uh, he's actually, he's running out of clubs to manage. But no, I think if let's say Burnley, I know you won't you won't hear this, but let's say Dyche leaves in the summer for. I'm for, all for that if he goes out. For bigger, for bigger and better things. Yeah. Burnley find themselves like in the bottom three come November. Um, that's exactly the type of club who would appoint Big Sam. Like a one that isn't interested in progression, but is interested in staying up. Um, I think there'll always be that kind of job for him. Yeah, no, fair. I did wonder if the, the aura would maybe slightly go. Um... Well, I think you improved them quite a bit. Toward, you know, There was a time there where the, we, I wouldn't say they ever looked like staying up, but they kind of clawed themselves somewhere near competence didn't they um, oh yeah they were they were done really weren't they um, I think if he'd, if he'd been there all season I think they'd have stayed up yeah I think that's I think that's a fair comment um, it, well if they had the same players should I say because I think that the players they got in January helped a great deal like Yukushlu and um, Diane up front I think they were useful um, I think if, he, if he'd done as usual and bought a a big centre half from France or whatever like he normally does that w- that would have helped but uh, <laughs> I think I honestly do think they would have stayed up if he'd been there all season and he'd had pretty much the squad to finish with at the start yeah in- interesting interesting thing I mean well, I mean West Brom are down I mean I can't say I don't think any of us are, are sad to see them go know that they'll be back in a couple of years to get relegated again the next year um, it's almost just kind of what they do but 
I mean, although Arsenal scored three goals, Arsenal have been relatively terrible this season, Simon. Um, do you see Arteta staying next season? Um, I, so I've been thinking about this um, for a couple of days. Actually, one of the lads when we were out on the weekend, we were chatting about you know, Arsenal and the lads were saying, would you get rid of Arteta? And I kind of, I don't know how to really answer it because I think part of me would say, yes, you do need to get rid of him because I think he's he's just way out of his depth. But I'm not sure what ma- what manager they could realistically get that could do an awful lot better with the way the club is being run at the moment. I think there's a lot of problems at Arsenal from top to bottom. Um, like I, I don't think they've got a squad of players that is that is much better than where they're sitting. To be honest, I think what the ninth on the table. I think at a push, they could finish seventh if they had the decent manager. But I don't think they'd finish any higher than that. So I don't think. I think there's a lot of just average players there, but I, I think Arteta is out of his depth, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made a change. But as I say, unless there's a a change of ownership or there's a, a complete change of um, like philosophy, for want of a better word, from you know our board level, I'm not sure. As I say, what what manager they could get in that would do that would make much difference. Uh, Dave, any any thoughts on Arteta staying or going? Or uh, I think they'll stick with him because he's he's doing a decent job with the youngsters. I don't think obviously the results haven't been what they should be, but if they've got any any sort of long term progression plan, they should say, well, we're not going to win anything in the next couple of years. But what we might do is get ourselves in a position where we could. So if they get Saka and Smith Rowe and you know keep Taney around and. Martinelli gets more game time. All of a sudden, those players become, you know, Premier League quality players, um, which they probably aren't right now, but they're, you know, they're, they're on the way. So I think if he sticks with them, uh, he can build a build a team that can go on and, and win stuff. And if they add good players along the way, I mean, I've been really disappointed with with Party, who they signed from uh, Atletico, I think it was. Um, he just every time I see him, he just the only thing he ever does is blaze a shot miles and miles over the bar, like <laughs> not even close. But I expected bigger things from him, to be honest. But um, I think they should never have signed Willian. It goes without saying. I think I'd be surprised if he stays for another season. I think we'll probably try and shift him on. Um, but yeah, I think <coughs> they should just try and have a stable couple of seasons and not worry about, you know. Getting back in the Europa League, you need to you know build your team properly here and then then assess where you're at. But uh, as you said, I said I don't know what their what their ideal manager is. I, I just don't I don't know what their philosophy is anymore. Do you not think the the way that they approached and played that second leg against Villarreal on Thursday night would have maybe made the uh, mind up of the owners? To, to get rid of him because he what I when you look at that I mean Villarreal didn't have to do anything over that two leg special oh, to get through like the you you need one goal to uh, to get through to the final and you take a Bamiang off of ten minutes ago like 
that that type of decision, you must look at that and think, hang on a minute, this lad, he's clearly panicking and he's, he doesn't know what he's doing because that that just doesn't make any sense at all. No matter how poor season he might have had, you don't take him off when you need one goal with 10 minutes to go. I mean, I can only assume it's because he had malaria and he was a bit probably not ready to do 90 minutes, but yeah, um, might have been a different story if Lacazette had been fully fit. I think by all accounts he's been the, ma- the main man in, in Europe, but he, he's been injured as well. So I think it's uh, it kind of forced a little bit into that. But I agree. I mean, they, they were so poor on, on Thursday. But having said that, you know, I think Aubameyang at the inside of the post, didn't he? So yeah, yeah. I think were, that was the only shot you had, though. They were like a pain away from getting through, but um, fundamentally didn't do enough over the two legs to, to warrant it. Um, but like I said, I don't. I mean, they must look at what Chelsea have done and say, "Well, hang on, they've upgraded their manager and they've gone from being, you know, above average to really bloody good." Yeah. Um, who can we get? Who who can do that for us? Now, I'm not saying they're going to take them up to second or third, or whatever. But you know, they're ninth at the minute. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a fairly low bar. I think. It, well, I was just going to say, it, I think it, it it says a lot as well for. Maybe it might make certain players, uh, you know, maybe coming towards the end of their career now or only recently retired players, looking at sort of what's happened with Lampard and how things are going with Arteta, it might just make them think a bit carefully about the first job they take or the first, you know, not or not to go into too big a job too soon. Because it clearly, for me, you look at Lampard at Chelsea and Arteta at Arsenal, it just shows so much how how valuable it is for, you need to have uh, clubs like that to be competing at top level you've got that you've got to have a manager that's got experience you can't just give it to a former player that you quite likes and expect mm. everything to be okay but look but at you, uh, look at Perlo at Juve like they they won what ten, ten consecutive uh, Serie A's and he's gone in and they're not well for the fifth thing at the minute <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll slag Gerard off as much as the next person, but he's done it the right way, manager-wise. You know, started it under twenty threes. Yeah. He's took a job at Scotland, and don't get me wrong, it's 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 not the most challenging job. But again, Celtic were on for you know a record ten in a row this year, and he he's, he has stopped it regardless. Mm. Uh, he, you know, he's got a league. I mean, they're sitting undefeated in the league. They're had a really good European run. Just building up that, and. It, Rangers are still a massive club with huge expectations with the fan base alone. So he's he's put himself in like pressured situations. Mm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Lampard did the right choice doing the derby, but yeah, based uh, on sides for another year. Yeah, I just think it would take time. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure if if Gerard gets offered the Liverpool job in the summer because Klopp was to walk, I'm pretty sure he's not going to say no. But but at least he's got himself like yeah. he's. Like proper experience, it, it's similar to uh, I think like John Terry's done exactly the right thing, coming as an assistant at Villa for the, you know this is his third season there now. And I, I know he's had offers over the last two years certainly to go to other teams, but he's he's sort of he's trying to do it the way Gerard did, you know, do it the right way, build your experience up slowly. Don't just go head first into something too big that. That can tarnish your reputation and make it impossible for you to to get back on the managerial merry-go-round. Yeah, I don't know what Arteta's backroom team is like, but obviously the three that you compare is the Lampard, Gerrard, and 
and Arteta for the young managers back to the clubs. And I always felt Lampard's backroom team wasn't the greatest. It was more filled with his friends. Yeah, um, Jody Morris. Yeah, I'm not sure what Arteta's is. But Gerard surrounded himself with, with real experience as well. And I, I hate praising him because he's a prick. But, you know, Gary McAllister, who's just, he'll be just a great sounding board, I'd imagine, really good for the, any young lads coming through. You know, he was like a proper professional. Michael Beale, who was our under 23 manager for a year, he moved to Brazil to become an assistant manager with a, a famous, I, I couldn't tell you the guy's name, but he was, he was massively famous and popular over in Brazil. So, you know, he took, and he took all those guys with him. So he just built himself a good team. And I think, obviously, that is massive. As we'll all know when we've seen good, you know, good managers, like the assistant is almost the, the most important one out there for the players because they're the ones who the players are really dealing with most of the time. Yeah, especially for young managers as well. You know, to, as you say, to have that just that bit of experience like McAllister, like Jared Scott with McAllister there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's vital that you get that right in your first. Especially when your first job at a big club, yeah, you really you need to you need to have those those people around the right people around you. Yeah, like Lampard bringing his mate Jody Morris along was was never going to work. And, and like I said, I don't know who Arteta's got working with him at Arsenal, but whoever it is, they're, they're not earning their money. <laughs> oh, I think Steve Bold's part of it. I think we've I think somebody was on our pieces of me show days. Remember, and Bold came up and. And that was spoken about, but I think that's all I know. I don't even know what role he plays there, but um, I, I do think it'll be an interesting summer for Arsenal. Whether Arteta stays a goal, they do have a massive rebuild there. Um, West Brom, Allardyce, do you think he stays next season, Dave, or is his ego too big for the Championship? Um, I think he'll stay, to be honest. It's, it's quite low to him, I think, by all accounts. So, enthusiasm at all for it. He's, he's just, you know. He's got every chance to get them promoted again if they keep the core of that team, I would have thought. So, uh, yeah, I think so. I can't see many folk can't like, strip it apart sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, why not? I think they'll do very well to keep on of Pereira. Yeah, I, I think, think he'll go. Slap a big fee on him, though, and say, look, you can have him, but, you know, pay £40 million <laughs> and then try and get him to stay. I mean, because who... Isn't he on loan, actually? No. No, it's permanent. He's permanent, yeah. I thought there was a loan signing that I heard some talking about, but I mean, where's he going to go that he's going to start regularly? Well, he's been linked to him quite heavily. Really? You take your pick up a million closer to him. Yeah, I just fear that a lot of the teams who would be looking at him would be fighting relegation again, and would you want to go through that again if, if you're in a team who would fancy coming straight back up almost? It would be it would be interesting nonetheless, um, but again, it's West Brom. Let's not spend too much more time on them. Yeah, uh, let's let's just be thankful that they've finally gone. Bastards. Let's go to the working man's hero, who single-handedly for me, I don't care what Newcastle's four wins out of five or whatever it was, Dave. Single-handedly <laughs> kept Newcastle in the Premier League. Sir Deitch, two 0 relegates Fulham. <laughs> Bye bye, PE teacher Scott Parker. Um, and yeah, Burnley have you know done their usual mid table. 
I was having a conversation, and I'll let you know if you guys agree here. Like, I, I mean, I obviously I'm high on Dykes in general, but the difference between Burnley and all those teams going down genuinely is the spine of their team and Chris Wood because he scores goals. The teams in and around, and you could include Brighton in that. Um, I think Chris Wood's been the massive difference this season, Simon. Oh yeah, Chris Wood's. A- He's been uh, for a few years now. He's been yeah. a very, very decent Premier League striker, hasn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. If you're looking at the difference between what Burnley stayed up and them, they've gone down. I think there's a number of things. Um, I, the manager probably being the most important one for me. But yeah, the, the spine of that Burnley team. I mean, well, to be fair, I think we've said it quite often, haven't we? That especially a sort of little triangle of. Um, Pope, Tarkovsky and me, you know, it's fairly solid, isn't it? And then even, you know, the fullbacks like Matt, Matt Loughton's a decent Premier League right back. I think there's a Taylor, the left back, I think is quite yeah. decent as well. Midfield is quite nice, workmanlike. Um, and yeah, Woods, Woods a very decent striker. And even Ashley Barnes, I think he's had a few injury problems this season, but he still, still chips in with like a, a decentish return of goals for a team down at that end of the table. Yeah, I think the fact that they've they've got you know two players that can get goals for them, and as you say, that's that's the key, isn't it, for, for staying up in and around that. I mean, if you look at that sort of from Burnley downwards, you know, Burnley have got Woods that can get goals, Newcastle, the Callum Wilson, Southampton, Danny Ings. It's only really Brighton are the only sort of anomaly out of those four teams above the drop zone that don't really have a goal scorer, but everyone else, or the other three teams, have all got at least one player you can rely on to get you over 10 goals a season, whereas no one in those bottom three clubs is, is going to get anywhere near that. Yeah, 100%. Dave, I thought you left there purely because I said that Burnley were the reason that Newcastle stayed up, but you rejoined I us. I know, my, my internet cut off just before I could... Praise Sean Dyche. For, uh, <laughs> um, no, it's, um, I mean, I'm pleased they did the job for us tonight, but I should obviously caught the tail end of what Sai was saying there about generally they're, they're, very, they're a very solid, if unspectacular side who will always just about do enough to stay up, and, uh, unless something dramatic changes, like I don't know, one of the centre half gets a big injury, anything like that, I can't imagine um, them going down with, with this set of players anytime soon. Yeah, that's pretty much the the general concept. Like we were, we're discussing the difference in having like Chris Wood. I mean, like you guys, Howard Wilson. Like how how important the strikers are um, down the bottom of the table. But just as you mentioned, like uh, Burnley's like spine, like Pope and Goal, who's who's maybe the best keeper in that bottom five goalkeepers. Um, if not him, I, I, as much as he he's got an error in him, I do like uh, your keeper, Dave. Uh, but you know you've got Tarkovsky and me, is it? Yeah, me. Yeah. At centre back, you know who are who are good centre backs, um, especially in the system that Burnley play. They've got a very functional midfield, um, and then with Chris Wood up front, you know you're getting goals, and, and there's just not many of those. Well, they're certainly in the bottom three alone that just have that. It's just that's the difference, and then the manager as well is. Is that much better than all the other managers around there? Hmm. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, only you probably want Nick Pope as well. Like, they're in a position where they've got a goalkeeper who, as you say, is 
probably the best shot stopper in the league, or certainly one of the best shot stoppers in the league. But he's so poor with his feet, I can't see any club ever trying to buy him. Like, yes, it doesn't fit in with the modern way of playing at all. Um, so I, I don't know who would, who would ever go in for him. Um, because it is a bit of a hindrance, really, isn't it? If you want to progress as a team, you need to have a goalkeeper who can play out a little bit. And I just, every time I see him, it's just like, it's like he's got two shovels on his feet. It doesn't seem to. There's a reason John Pickford still gets a game for England. Oh, well. There is. But yeah, Fulham finally, finally relegated, Dave. I mean, I think after the, the Friday night game, you were pretty much confident that you were safe anyway, but it must have been a, just a huge sigh of relief when the, the final whistle went tonight. Yeah, it's nice to have a rubber stamp. So I say, like, I've got no problem with Fulham really as a club, but um, someone's got to go down, if not us. So, unfortunately, them, it's them, and it's in the cold light of day, you know, the, the 10 points adrift. Like, it's, it's, it's not even going to be close, is it, really? No, no. Not at all. By the end of it, I'll be because you'd imagine a lot of players would almost give up now. Uh, well, you, you'd think so. Um, again, if you're Scott Park, you should be looking at players who are going to be there next season. Like, we'll, we'll look and be there next season. Probably not. Loftus Cheek won't be. Um, I've got a few others unknown. I think Lamina possibly, but I don't know. I think uh, the, the, they'll still have a decent championship team. They've got every chance to come back up, but. Depends if any of the any of the, the any of the players get picked off or whether yeah. you know they implode. Again, the, the the same old question from the from the West Brom. Then, and do you do you keep a hold of Scott Parker for next season? Uh, I would. I think he's I think he's done enough to deserve another shot at it. But Tony Khan's their owner, isn't he? Um, yeah. So it could be absolutely anybody. Yeah, I feel. I feel the cans obviously are, are very invested in film, and I was listening to another podcast and I kind of agreed with what he said but it's almost like they, they almost need somebody to run the club for them because obviously they've, they've got obviously the Jaguars who are in like you know trading season they've got AEW who's now like become obviously massive in the States and they're going to start like touring again I just feel they're trying to split themselves into too many places they almost need somebody like a figurehead to run the club, probably because I do feel that they, they seem to like care about the club and they've got money invested. Um, I just feel they need more more support almost. They just seem like the type of club that will appoint Stephen Billich in July, and they'll <laughs> <laughs> just watch the madness unfold for a few months. Harry Redknapp, here we go again. Um, I, I don't know for Parker for me. Um, but yeah, Sai, would you keep Parker if you were Phil Uh I would. Yeah, I think. I think he's. I was going to say I think he's done a decent. I think he he's done an okayish job. Obviously, they've gone down, so something. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's not been perfect, but I think what is it? What I'd be disappointed in is that how they've gone down like with such a whimper in the end when you know uh, when you think back to that as Dave's referred to earlier it's a sliding doors moment of you know when Newcastle was so poor at Brighton and then Fulham with 13 minutes to go against us was 17th and they threw it away uh, yeah. against us and they they just never recovered was, on the game at the end of the game tonight I think the commentator said that 
they've only scored four goals in the last ten games. And like it's that that would be of a slight concern. But it's I think the main thing is though you look at those three teams that have gone down, they are the three worst squads like in the league. There's there's no two ways about it. It's, I think you'd have it'd have taken a very special manager to have kept any of them up. And what we were mentioning about having goal scorers, I mean Fulham, just looking at the table now, can, yeah, they've only won five games. They've drawn twelve games. Well, that's so that <laughs> so many draws. You know, there's I bet there's even if say only four of those games. They had just that bit of quality up front to turn a couple of, you know, three or four of those draws into wins. They'd still be right in, in the hunt for, for staying up here. So, yeah, I think he's done a decent job and deserves certainly to, to keep it going into the start of next year. And I think if they keep the squad together, you'd, you'd expect them to be up and around there. But if they're coming back up, but if, if they were to say come up again, they'd they they need a goal. You know, you need you need someone who's going to sit the ball in the back of the net in the Premier League. That's that's what set them down. If they'd have had, say, like a, a Callum Wilson at their team uh, in their squad this season, you know, you you probably say that they they may have stayed up because you'd have had someone to have turned a few two of those twelve draws into wins. No, no, that's a fair comment. But I am um, very wary of time, and before the boss absolute murders us when he realises the time when this pod gets released tomorrow um, <laughs> rather than preview the games we'll just quickly get predictions from you guys for the for the midweek so tomorrow night we have Man U, Leicester and Southampton, Crystal Palace Dave, predictions for both uh, I fancy Leicester at Man U uh, um, just without, without Maguire I think that defence is awful and Valley will have a field uh, um, and what's he on? Southampton Palace? Yeah, uh, probably Southampton but who knows? <laughs> That's a bad point. <laughs> yourself. Uh, I'm going the complete opposite. I'm going for Manu and Palace. I'm going for two draws. I just think <laughs> neither team care, as we said in the Man United game. I think they both rotate so bad that it's a draw. And I'm going to go for a Southampton win as well, Dave. I just think Crystal Palace have now got their points. They're on holiday now. Who cares? Um, Wednesday night, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal. Now, Chelsea have obviously got. The eye on the cup final on Saturday and Arsenal, well, or Arsenal. Uh, Simon, I'll come to you first. Chelsea, no question. Uh, Dave? Yeah, same. I'm, I'm going to go with Arsenal, genuinely, because I, I think the FA Cup will matter to Tuchel. Um, I think they might rotate slightly and just be careful. Now that they've sneaked into third place, I think they'll take their eye off slightly. Um, but maybe optimistic, bearing in mind the the game we're just about to talk about. Um, Aston Villa, Everton, Dave, and then Man United, Liverpool on Thursday. Uh, I think we'll have a draw at Villa Park. Um, and again, I, I think Liverpool will win on tonight, but I hope it's just a good game. I'm sick of watching nil-nils of these big games. But I think, <laughs> you've, you've, I think because you've got to win, really. Um, again, I think Man United without Maguire at the back uh, are there for the taking. And I know you don't like Harry Maguire, but I think him in the team versus him out the team is, is quite substantially different. Oh, 100%. I agree, I agree on that. I just stop with these shit. I just say something <laughs> on him. Hey, 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 Simon, for yourself. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I agree with, with Dave once again. I think a draw in that Villa game, and I think I think Liverpool will beat Man U. I think the amount of games in a short amount of time will just catch up with United. Well, my predictions are awful, so I'm going to go for five nil Villa. Um, <laughs> no five nil Everton, sorry, and five nil Man United. Because. Um, <laughs> Normally crap, so let's fingers crossed it goes the same way again. Um, and then Dave, we'll we'll take it to the Friday night. We'll go Newcastle, Man United, uh, Man City. Oh, I mean, obviously a home win. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, Simon. Uh, I think Man City will win, so yeah, it will be a home win. What? <laughs> um, anyway, on the betting corner, chaps. Do we have to? Yeah, all we do, all we do, Simon. Last week's results. Let's start with Simon. Um, Leicester, Simon. What was their score at the weekend? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they lost. They let you down. Uh, Liverpool won, though, mate. Arsenal yeah. won. Um, and then do 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 Real Madrid. They drew. They let you down, buddy. Unfortunately. And then the game, I actually forgot to check the score. I'm just checking now. Oh, they won. Oh, Blackburn won. That's not too bad, mate. Three out of five for yourself. Uh, I'll take that. Is that minus 120 now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, coming on to next week, it's not saying much. Um, (laughs) We'll come on to yours from last week, David. Uh, Is it Alkmaar won? Leon won? Cheltenham won? QPR won? Unfortunately, that's where the wins end. Underlet, Sheffield Wednesday and Newport all let you down. Got on for Sheffield to be Derby, did I? That was balls at the bath, wasn't it? I did wonder when I seen this come up and then I found out they got delegated. I thought that was strange. When I was listening back last week, I did think, like, you know, I don't. <laughs> what, what do you know that we don't? Yeah. I'll tell you what, there were three trains to go. <laughs> didn't say any Dave with the dope t-shirts then, did you? <laughs> well, it makes you feel better. Palace won for me. Hoffenheim won for me. Napoli won. Nantes won. Uh, who was that? Wolfsburg won. But, my decided one. Millwall lost 6-1 to Coventry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Explains hmm. the odds of why mine was worth four hundred and seventy-two pounds. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> um, which one of you are ready for this week's failure bet? I actually have mine prepared for once, if you like, just so sort of I can say, well, I've got the same as those. And let's go then, Dave. I've got Southampton to beat Fulham. Huh? I've got Atletico Madrid to beat Osasuna. Um, Barcelona to beat Diego. AC Milan to beat Cagliari and Leo to beat Saint Etienne, which is um, five point two to one, so a return of sixty-two pounds and five pence. Dave's definitely playing the safe right. Sorry, what was your team's there? Southampton, Athletic, Barca, Leo, AC Milan. You see, just four, five. Yeah, I'm not allowed to go. Barca, AC, no. Perfect. And Simon, I can't believe you're protecting a lead like that, Dave. I've only got two uh, that are the same of days this week. So <laughs> I've also got uh, I've got Atletico Madrid. Yeah. I've got Barcelona. 
Yeah. I've got Real Madrid to beat Granada. Oh. I've got uh, City to beat Newcastle. So that's the one that's going to fuck you up because it's the first one of the weekend. <laughs> I've got Tottenham to beat Wolves. Oh. Liverpool to beat West Brom. And Everton to beat Sheffield United. Right. And um, your return is £71.90, which would still leave me on a healthy minus score. I know, you'd have thought you'd have went like gung-ho, Simon. I'm, I'm expecting a big one, last game of the season at least. If, if I, yeah, if, if I've still lost everyone before that last game of the season, I'm <laughs> going to go absolutely nuts in my bet. Well, I have gone for Atalanta to beat somebody. Um, Leverkusen, Munich, Rangers, Leeds and Inter Milan. Um, Inter Milan are 2-1 to beat Juventus, guys, if you're looking for a Sneaky, uh, I guess they're not outside. They're already champions, aren't they? So, like, what's the motivation? I don't know. I just and, they, and they've been told today they're they're only paid for two months. So. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be excluded too. Long. Well, mine's worth two hundred and seventy pounds and seventy-seven pence. Mm. Uh, so I, I have to keep going back to try and knock Dave off this <laughs> off his little perch there. Um, <laughs> Well, chaps, um, anything you've been working on this week and where they can find you? Simon? Uh, so, yeah, on Twitter, it's at Cyo Regan. And, yeah, for Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast and the website, 7500 to hold for my article for the uh, Villa United game. And David? Uh, yeah, so on Twitter, we're at CM9798. Uh, the website is cm9798.co.uk. Um We've not got anything, anything new out at the minute, to be quite honest with you, because we're just winding down for the season. When does the, the cup stop? Uh, the cup starts on near the 31st and runs until June the 13th or something, so not long to wait for that. Oh, excellent. And you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. You get us every Tuesday morning as you're listening uh, for the, the weekend results. Chris and the gang are out every Friday morning with a review show and all around the world games. Um, me and Ross are coming back with a alternate to 11 Pieces of Me. Uh, 11 Pieces of Me will be back as well. We'll just need some more guests, so if anybody wants to. But me and Ross are coming out with a new idea of a list of 11 Pieces of Shit. Um, so that will be debuting this week as you listen. So again, we'll get guests on and we'll get both gentlemen if they have 11 players that they dislike from their club and beyond, which I'm sure they do. Um, <laughs> only only 11. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that should be should be interesting. Um, so hopefully people like the the new concept of that as well. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me as always. Thank you. Thank you. And always remember, keep your man in the post.